And welcome, everybody, to episode nine of All In with Aqueous. I'm your host, Mike Lawn Memo Minio, and we have a special treat for episode nine. We have Aqueous's tour slash band manager, and that's Sam Homiser. And Sam was kind enough to come on the show, tell us a little bit about his background, how he got into his gig, and share some really cool stories with what it's been like touring with Aqueous over the last couple of years. Just a reminder before we get into that, that All In With Aqueous is a proud partner of the Osiris Podcast Network, which you can find at osirispod.com. I run a fish podcast over there called The Daily Soundcheck. If you're into fish, check that out. There's uh, Disco Biscuits podcast. We have some stuff on Humphreys and McGee's. So, you know, all kinds of stuff in the music world. If you're into this podcast, you'll find some other great ones. If you'd like to hit me up, uh, I can direct you over there. Again, that's OsirisPod.com. Uh, also, check out our website, AllInWithAqueous.com. Links to quite a few things over there. You can find different ways to listen to the show. And I run a Twitter account called AllInWithAQ that I try to keep up to date with what's going on. So if you need any help there or you want to know what's going on or start a conversation, again, that's all in with AQ. So without further ado, let's get into episode nine, my interview with Sam Homiser. So welcome everybody to another episode of All In With Aqueous. I am your host, Mike Lawn Memo Minio, and we have a very special guest for our new episode, Sam Homiser. And I think I got that right, Sam, right? Yeah, spot on. That was awesome. All right, we're we're already off to an amazing start. I'm nailing people's last names. Uh, things are going well. Doesn't happen often. Uh, so, so, if, that's, <laughs> so if you don't know Sam, uh, Sam is Aqueous's tour manager, and he has quite an interesting story how that's come about. And Sam happens to be one of the nicest people that I have met in my life. So I'm pretty happy to have him on the show. I think he'll bring a really cool insight to some of the things Aqueous. And we'll uh, we'll we'll get going. So, Sam, welcome to All In with Aqueous, your maiden voyage with us. But I'm sure you'll be on uh, in the future. So, Sam, welcome. How are you? I am great. It's great to be here, and I really appreciate um, you having me on because I've you know listened to all the episodes and big podcast guy myself. So, it's just super cool and very excited. All right, Sam. So, well, let's just start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about uh, who you are. And maybe kind of how you started to come about and get involved uh, with our favorite band here, Aqueous. Sure. Yeah. So um, as you said, I'm currently the tour manager for Aqueous and I've been tour managing for the band for about a year and a half now, going on two years. Um, And come this January, I'll have worked for the band for four years. Um, So I was born and raised here in Buffalo and I went to school here uh, for college, still live in the city right now. you know, outside of the band, I really love kind of spending time outside and traveling outside of touring, obviously, and I'm super into art and design and all that stuff, which I've kind of been really fortunate to do some of that for the band also. Um, and as you said, like everyone's favorite band, I, it still couldn't be more true for me um, today. I think Aqueous pretty much, it wasn't the first time, like I know a lot of people, you know, have those stories like first time I heard them, it was just something else. And um, I think it took me a couple shows to like actually kind of like tune into the music a little bit. Um, but, you know, once I really kind of found the band and started going to shows, you know, some of the Nietzsche shows were, were my first shows, um, just kind of like dove right in. And like you said, just 
been my favorite band ever since. I can still say that right now, just even as somebody who works for them and somebody who's really close with them. It's just um, really special music to me. And I still can say just music that I, I really haven't heard um, really anywhere else, you know, like just what some of the things they do are so unique and so um, groundbreaking in my opinion. And it's really awesome. So like I said, I, I got into the band um, about five or six years ago. So my first actual Aqueous show was at Art Park and I think it was the summer of 2012. They opened for, I think it was Ziggy Marley. Um, I was there. Yeah. Yes. I remember. Yeah. That. So it was kind of one of those classic situations or, you know, you like stroll up to the opener a little bit late. And I think it was like, I, I got there and halfway through they were on like origami and I was like, Oh, this is, this is really cool. And other than that, just didn't really have, you know, I was just there. I was, I think I was in college at the time, like a young college kid and was there to see Ziggy Marley and had never heard of the band. So that was kind of that. And, um, that same summer, a few months later, I went to my first fish shows. So, you know, as you know, you kind of dive right down that rabbit hole really quickly. Um, sure. And, and really got into that and, and spent a lot of time getting into that music. And I, I'd liked, you know, the dead and had seen Mo a bunch of times, um, before that, but fish was, I think as it is for a lot of people, the first time I really saw the culture behind this whole scene and, um, you know, everything that comes with it and, and just really fell in love with that and fell in love with the community. So spent a few years going to as many fish shows as a college kid can, you know, making that work. And then, um, that same summer after, so it was still 2012, that same summer I come home, um, I went to like new age creations, which is this kind of, you know, head shop slash hippie shop. Um, that used to have a lot of locations all over Buffalo and the owner is, um, or the, the, what was owner is really into fish. And so I go in looking for like fish stickers or something and I meet, um, a really good friend of mine now and good friend of the band, Simon Weinstein, who was working there. And he was, you know, we were hit it off talking about fish and all that stuff. And he's like, Hey, if you like this band fish, like you would really love this local band aqueous, you know, check them out. So he gave me like stickers and I think like live nugs three, maybe a koozie or something. And like, that was that. And I was like, Oh, cool. That's, that's really cool. And I think I maybe checked him out and, and I would, had remembered, oh, I think I've seen these guys like a couple months ago or whatever, but same thing. Like, I think I was so into fish at the time that it was kind of like through that stuff in the drawer kind of put it away for a second. And then it was a few years later, like I think it was the summer of 2013 that I had met all the guys at like a Mo show. So like Mike and Dave and Nick and Evan, um, you know, doing, as I think a lot of us met them, just doing grassroots promo, handing out stickers and, and live nugs at, at a Mo show. So I thought that was really cool. And that was like the first time they really came onto my radar. Um, so that was, you know, I think, like I said, summer of 2013 and then that winter of 2014, which was the, you know, historic Nietzsche's residency. So those were my first like real runs of Aqueous shows. So that was really special. I, I was not um, 21 at the time, but I figured out a way to get in. And I'm really glad because that, <laughs> you know, kind of set off my whole trajectory with Aqueous. So, you know, I just went to those shows and at that point, I was still just, you know, didn't really know any of the guys. I think I would try to say, hey, as everybody does, and maybe after a show, just chat for a little bit. But 
it wasn't until I think a little later that year, I was a senior in college um, and I was in a music class for, it was like fine arts music. And we had to do this project. It was called music ethnography. And I think the the whole point was just to choose a topic in music and kind of just dive into it and and do some research, just a, a classic research project. So I was super stumped, like I had no idea what I was going to do, especially it was like fine arts music. We focused a lot on um, classical music and all that stuff. But I was kind of like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to kind of take a chance here. And I hit up Mike. I like had his email from being a street teamer for Aqueous. So I like remember being like, this might be super weird, but I'm just going to go for it and send Mike this email and say like, hey, like, I, you know, obviously love you guys. I love your music and and super into it and have been recently just so kind of engulfed with everything aqueous and I'm I have this project and would you help me with it? And I had no kind of thought that he would even respond, you know. At that point I think I still thought they were a much bigger band than what they were at the time. So um mm-hmm. he responded and was like so stoked, you know, like I don't think anybody had ever asked him, at least at that point, no one had asked him to do like, you know, a school project. So he was like, that's super cool and love to help out. So I interviewed Mike uh, for that project. And that's kind of like the whole start of my more personal relationship with the band. So Mike and I just kind of, you know, hit it off. We still do have a lot in common, a lot of like weird, quirky little things. And um, definitely just struck it, struck a good, kind of chord there. So mm-hmm. I was still in college. I actually went to school for environmental science, environmental studies rather. And I had done a lot in that field um, and kind of been all over the place. I'd worked in Montana for a summer. And then that summer after I graduated college, I was going to California to work for a seasonal job with the Forest Service. So I worked out uh, in California for four months after I graduated college. And this was the summer of 2015. And then kind of, you know, I don't know what the whole intention was, but I, at one point that summer had just like had this thought like, hey, like I love music and I love just everything about like music production. And I I have no no idea of like any of this or like I didn't know anyone at the time who had been in that and that side of things like other than just Mike and, and, and Aqueous. But I reached out to Josh Holtzman, who was currently... Well, at the time, he was their manager. Um, and he was just starting with Ironworks at that time, too. So I know I knew he was pretty involved just with like the local scene and music. So I reached out to Josh and said, hey, do you have any um, suggestions for like how I can get my foot in the door, essentially? Like, I don't even really know what I'm asking, but, you know, I would love to just be involved more than just like street teaming or or something like that. So he, you know, Josh is a great guy. He got right back to me and was like, hey, like you know, that's awesome. I don't have really anything that I can offer you right now. And all I can say is just like, keep your eyes out and keep your ears open and, and, you know, things might come along. So that was kind of that. I worked the rest of the summer in California, came back to Buffalo, uh, started working at Eastern Mountain Sports, which was kind of like just right along with my passion of just outside and, and natural science and all that. So I was doing that for a few months and then um, to my surprise, I think it was November of that year. So this is November of 2015. Uh, Josh and Aqueous had posted an internship um, position for the band. 
And I was like, oh my God, you know, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Like reading the description, it's really everything. I was, you know, kind of like an introductory, just do everything kind of thing. So the internship, I think, was specifically like marketing and PR and social media. And to be completely honest, I had like no experience in that other than I think I took a few marketing classes and, you know, college definitely was into, you know, everybody has, has used social media here and there. And then super into like at the time still like getting into graphic design and that whole thing. So I had all these like little pieces and then also just like relevant experience here and there of just being, you know, I think I'd like to call myself a people person and just being a good communicator. So I remember applying that very same day I applied for the internship. I wrote out this cover letter to Josh and the band and I didn't hear anything for, I think it was like two months. So this is like such a big deal to me of like, you know, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm sending Josh emails, probably like bugging the shit out of him, just saying, Hey, like what's going on. And, and now being on the side of it, I know how, you know, just like anything, things take time and it's process and just with being in a touring band, it's a slow process. So I uh, kind of waited it out. And I remember being at like a Ironworks show where Mike and Dave had opened the night with their acoustic emporium. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to like go up to Mike and, and ask him. It was like a really big thing. You know, I had to like muster up this courage and, um, you know, he it's like, Hey, like I hadn't seen seen me in a while. And it's like, Hey man, just like first thing I said, I didn't even say, Hey, probably. I was just like, Hey, I'm really sorry to bother you. But like, I applied for this internship and like, you know, haven't heard anything. And, you know, I'm just, just like really into, I would love, you know, to just have the opportunity. And he just kind of looked at me and was like, Oh, like, wait, no one's told you. And I was like, what? He's like, Oh, you're, you're the guy. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. You know, just like right there, just whole world flipped upside down. It's just, you know, still a huge Aquas fan, huge, huge music fan in general. And I think at the time I realized what an opportunity that opportunity that would like come to be. But, um, at the time it was just that initial, like, Oh my God, just, just to be able to help them out. And that was my whole thing. And it's still kind of my whole thing. It's like, just to be able to be a part of this, this amazing thing that I look up to so much and that I've has really brought in so much good positive energy and great people into my life. It was just a really like just cool moment. And that's, that's one of those moments I always kind of remember of just launching me even more into this side of it. So, um, from there I was just the intern kind of guy. So I was doing social media marketing, um, PR, a lot of things that I had to learn very quickly. And on this music side of, um, all of that, it's very specific. So, there was a huge learning curve, just like kind of this whole experience has been for me, just kind of you get thrown in with the sharks, but um, had a lot of great people to kind of guide me along the way in those early days. And then um, just started, you know, helping out where I could just with anything like events and, and all that. And it was later that summer. So this is now 2016 that I went on the road with the band for the first time. And then I didn't have any official role or anything, but it's kind of just doing you know, roadie stuff where I could help, you know, load in, load out. Um, Mike's wife, Liz was still doing merch at the time. So help her with stuff. And then that's where it kind of evolved into Liz, you know, would need to take some time off from being on the road. So I would fill in um, where I could. And then 
I think eventually she had just kind of, you know, it's, it's, and, and especially for a, a band at the size they were at that time, it's being on the road is, is not easy. And it definitely takes a lot out of you. Um, and especially when, you know, back in those days, they were playing even more shows than we're playing now. So Liz um, kind of stepped down and was going to, you know, and she's still just crushing it with her own design and her own art. Um, so she came off the road and that opened up the opportunity opportunity for me to uh, go on the road full time. And that's kind of where this all started for me. And that's you're a little bit before. Yeah, Ryan, so, right? um, like I said, this was the it would be January of 2016. Um, and Ryan came on, I believe, the next year in February. But at this point, I wasn't um, on the road full time. Like I said, still doing a lot of that, like in-house marketing, social media, PR, getting a little bit into the merchandise. And they had, they had at the time, currently like a a guy who was doing sound. And I think he had done lights too, but not at the same way that um, Ryan does now. So it was about a whole year. And then Ryan came on in February of 2017. Um, and then that's kind of when... Yeah, now you're kind of the core, you know, you kind of, I feel like that was a big turning point, the two of you coming on board and kind of, that gives some, you know, stability to what's been going on in the last couple of years. Absolutely. Um, And as I know, like, I think every one of the guys has said in their episodes, and we've said it in interviews, and it couldn't be more true that um, Ryan Bress is just like, one of the most incredible humans on so many levels, but such a big part of why you know, this band is where they are right now. And, you know, I think for a long time, it took me a little bit of like, just self identifying that I was a part of that too. But it, you know, ultimately still comes back to, to Ryan. And I have to say that like, every single little thing that I've learned, every pretty much everything I've learned on the production side, on the touring side, and also on just like the human side of being on the road with a band has come from Ryan. And he is just truly like, I don't know, it, it, I don't know that I've met anyone with his drive and his passion, but also just the ability to kind of stay calm and to like just focus on the reason that we're there. Ryan's big thing is that like as long as we try our hardest, and I think this is something that the band has really taken on too with him um, being on board is like, as long as we're trying our hardest our hardest and we know that we've come and we've done as much as we can and, you know, all that we can to put on a great show and make people happy. That's like, that's all we can do. And at the end of the day, we're always learning and we have to expect Murphy's law that shitty things are going to happen, but it's how we respond to those things and how we build from those things that really like sets us apart. So I got to say like, again, it's, it's been said before, but I can't say it enough. He is just such a huge part of this band. And like, and, and for me personally, a huge part of like why I've been able to be so successful and kind of everything I've, I've done with the band. And like I said, just the little things um, that you wouldn't and you usually don't think about. He's like so on top of. So we love that, dude. No, no doubt. And it's evident, you know, if you go to a show, you'll see Sam and Ryan hanging out. You guys are obviously super close. So, yeah, he's he's like 
you know, he's only a year older than me, but I still kind of see him as that like older brother figure. And I sure. think he knows too, like just kind of the relationship we have. It's, it's awesome. He's, he's my mentor. He's my, my buddy and my older brother. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we're, we're there both with the same goal. So that's, it's a really cool feeling to, to bond with somebody on, on something like that. So before we get too much further, yeah. uh, we Sam and I had talked a, a little bit the other day about his story, and I, I think I should give a little shout out to uh, our boy Simon Weinstein over here, sure, because Simon is actually uh, another big part of why I was into the band. Um, you know, my quick story—I'll give it in two minutes. Just thought it fits here. Definitely, uh, Darren Kemp, uh, huge, huge fan of the band. We'll have him on the show. Uh, he got me to go see Aqueous. And my first show, which was in 2012 at Nietzsche's, uh, I was I went solo and I had a fish shirt on and at set break uh, and actually crazy show because Twiddle opened up for Aqueous that show, which is awesome. And uh, Simon came up to me and he goes, oh, you like fish? And I go, yeah, I'm a huge fish guy. And Simon's father, Stu, was there and because Simon was underage at that show. <laughs> and we ended up talking all of Separate, hanging out, and we became great friends. And, you know, I felt a lot of love just at that first show. So it's hilarious that Simon got, you know, was a big part of why I wanted to come back and see a- Aqueous, and he helped get you into. So, I mean, Simon, you got some pull here in the Aqueous community. So <laughs> we got to give you some love and obviously to Stu as well, which is he's also a huge part of the Aqueous community. So, yeah, they're good dudes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, like, shout out, honestly, the whole Weinstein family is just amazing, incredible people. I, I think if you're a Buffalo, like, jam person, you know them in some way or another. And like you said, um, shout out to Simon, because, like, truthfully, I probably, like, that whole interaction I had with him was the start of all of this. And oddly enough, we, you know, up until just about a month ago, we lived together for almost two years. So that was like a really cool kind of full circle thing that just, that was the first time we had ever met. The first time I had ever really had Aqueous on my radar. And I know it was just like a really special thing for both of us to, to kind of like come together after all that and be like, wow, like not only is this so Buffalo, New York, you know, but just, just a really cool thing that you got to appreciate. So definitely, yeah. Uh, Love the Weinsteins. Absolutely. Uh, so let's um, let's talk about like where you are now a little bit. So we got a little bit about where you went and kind of what's your kind of day-to-day activities now. Talk a little bit about, you know, what are your responsibilities on show day and maybe, you know, on non-show days because, you know, we got a couple of days off here for them. You know, how does it vary? You know, what, what's your day-to-day life like? Yeah, so... Um, I would say like, as most people could expect, show days are a lot more hectic, um, for me, even though I have a lot of responsibility outside of show days too. So, um, a typical day for us on the road is usually, you know, waking up from wherever we are. It's usually in between whatever last city was and the next city is. And, um, myself and Ryan are the primary driver. So, still chugging away in the van. So we'll get up, hopefully get a decent breakfast, maybe um, if we have time and then hit the road. And then, um, like I said, it's either myself or Ryan driving and uh, Evan likes to get in there too. I think we were all out of the three of the six to seven of us. We kind of enjoy driving the most. Um, And we don't, 
from what I know of the the driving dynamic, it's pretty important that Dave Lost does not drive, right? Pretty important, but you know what? I will say Dave is a great sport and he's always kind of said, hey, you know what? If I'm not driving, I will take the back seat, which is absolutely the shittiest seat. <laughs> and it definitely messed up my back for a few months slash years. Um, but, you know, he's a good sport about it and always says, at least if I'm not driving, I'll, I'll take a row or I'll take the back row, which is usually shared with somebody else. So you don't get the full, you know, can't lay down, can't really fully relax, but you know, that guy can sleep. So <laughs> I've seen him sleeping straight up more times than most people. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so, so you're driving. Yeah. Okay. Driving, get to, get to the venue. Usually um, myself and Ryan will kind of hop out and, assess the venue and i think that's a really important thing to note right now of where we're at as a band is just kind of the the size of these venues that like from day to day vary kind of quite a bit um and, th- and that just comes with most bands too that are doing this thing and touring but you know one day we might be at something ironwork size for you know buffalo ironworks for those buffalo people and then the next day like a tom ballroom so like anywhere from three to five to hundred to a thousand people. So um, Ryan and I will usually kind of hop out and assess the situation. And that's where we're meeting with our contacts. So, you know, usually a house manager or general manager and then production manager, um, house sound person and, and lights and all that. And again, that all, that all varies on the size of the venue. And sometimes it's one guy or two people. And sometimes it's like eight people. So kind of get to meet the people we're going to be working with and that we've already been emailing and kind of chatting with on the phone and then from there like just right into load in so that's usually like a you know five to at most 15 minute thing where we just kind of get the lay of the land and then we're dropping the trailer and just loading the gear in so um at this point like everybody you know chips in we're all kind of we all understand that as as many hands as we have like as, and as we can get is really important so all kind of loading everything into the venue getting things situated we have a system kind of where Lights will go in first and they'll go up first just because they're the, the very most back thing on the um, stage. And that's that's Ryan's thing. So he's flying the truss and the lights. And then the band and I will slowly start to build, you know, back lines. So we're getting the, the amps up there and the gear, microphones and all that. Um, and that's, like I said before, one of those things where a few years ago I had no experience with audio or um, anything on this, the production side of, of a show and Ryan, you know, kind of mentored me and still does in a, in a huge way just to get the audio side in a good place. Um, and it's important to note that Ryan is still running both sound and lights, but at this point, you know, he's working on getting the lights up, getting them kind of strung together. So I'll start working on the audio side. So I'll start patching everything, running lines to microphones and, uh, to our main stage box. And then by that point, everyone's kind of has their stuff together um, and the band will start sound checking in, in some capacity or another. And that's usually about like a 30 minute to 60 minute endeavor. Um, and that's kind of the point where I can start either if it's a big enough venue, they'll have room and I'll start kind of putting all the cases away, putting all the lids away, getting the floor all cleaned up. And then the band's usually into a full sound check. And that's when I'll try to go and sit in the green room for a second, one, kind of take a break, drink some water and uh, figure out what we're going to eat for that night. So that's a, a big role on, on the road for me is 
like, you know, finding food places, finding options that I think everybody is going to kind of vibe with and, or maybe a, a few different options so that everybody has something just in case they're not feeling whatever. Cause I think a big thing for us is trying to eat as, as well as we can on the road. Um, cause that's a very difficult thing to accomplish, uh, just when you're traveling. Will you guys go out to eat typically, or we have something delivered to the green room or the, the venue, or is it like a mix of everything? It's kind of a mix of everything. And I think we would um, definitely prefer to go out when we can. It's just always nice to kind of break things up. And like I said, from the moment usually that we get there to the moment that we're leaving and packing up the trailer, there's a lot of nights where you're just going to be in the venue for however many hours. Sometimes that could be almost 12 hours, 10 hours, you know? Um, so it's, I think important for us to always just kind of like get out and it's nice to see, you don't get a huge window to see a lot of these cities that you're in. So it's, it's cool to go out and, and check out the town and, and get the like recommendation from the house crew of like where to go and all that stuff. But like I said, I would say about 50, 50, um, if we actually have that time, cause sometimes, you know, we're, we might be driving five hours to get to the venue that day and just cutting it so close on, on time that everything's just got to kind of fly until the show's over. Um, so yeah, just, just usually eat. And then at that point we, we might have 30 minutes to an hour, sometimes two if we're lucky to actually hang out before doors and before the show opens and then show kind of gets going, um, from there. So right at doors, you're probably that's, I would assume that's, you're on, you're on the clock pretty much for you. Yeah. 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 So definitely like right at like when, essentially when we, I mean, essentially when I wake up, <laughs> but as you said, we're on the clock, definitely like probably the moment we walk into the venue and, um, doors is a little bit more relaxed for me because that's a time when we know, like, usually there's an opener and usually there's a time for the band to kind of warm up and get ready. That's a time that I'm usually kind of going over things for the next night and going over even like kind of things for the current show, doing the set lists, um, printing those out and getting those to the band. And like I said, kind of figuring out what we're going to do that night for sleeping in a hotel and what we're going to do for traveling, how much we're going to travel. So try to use that downtime just to plan for the next day. And then um, kind of like before you know it, obviously it's time to, to get the band on stage. So I'll, make sure everybody's ready and make sure, you know, time management's a big thing for a tour manager, just making sure the band is aware of time and how much time they have, when to go on, all that stuff. And uh, obviously when they're on too, just letting them know. Um, Cause as you know, as you could expect, it's really easy to get lost sometimes. And um, especially what Aqueous does for, you know, they might have this whole set list planned out, but they only get halfway through it. So sometimes I'll kind of have to, step in and flash mic down and say, Hey, just so you know, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. uh, but you know, they're, they're usually pretty good about, about timeliness. So when the band is on, um, I'm kind of just acting as like, a you know, active kind of watch. So I, I try to move a, a lot during a show because I've learned that, um, once again, Murphy's law, like anything that can happen probably will happen. Sure. And, ton of moving parts in a uh, live production. So um, definitely kind of always moving around, you know, watching 
the show from all different angles. And, you know, a lot of the times it'll be something small, like something gets knocked over or something gets bumped over. And Ryan will call me on the radio to usually fix that. And then obviously there's times when it's a, a much bigger kind of technical fix where we'll have to swap something out. But kind of just acting as that person, um, going back to Ryan running both lights and sound. So he is absolutely like locked down behind the uh, front of house and, unless something like, you know, really major happens. Right. We're, we're kind of both up there trying to solve something. So, so just everybody yeah, runs uh, inner ear mics, right? Yeah. And yep. you run one as well, I'm assuming then? I actually don't. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, that's something that we definitely have talked about doing in the future. And so right now the band's in-ear system is uh, hardwired through a few different, like, you know, goes from the main box to a smaller box that they all control and then into a line for their um, actual headphones. So we, I think, are currently looking at going wireless. A lot of, you know, more established bands do wireless just for a whole bunch of reasons, just because it's, you know, super easy that way. But I think if I remember correctly, it should be possible for me to hopefully have something at that end because, like, you know, always better to, to be on something as soon as you can rather than waiting for Ryan to either hear it or see it and then giving me the call or waiting for me to see it. Uh, so so you touched on something, and I'm kind of interested in this. Um, so have the guys ever ran over curfew? And if they have, <laughs> how does that all play out? Like, do you get yelled at? Is I, I'm very interested in this. So if you have a story, I would love to hear this. Sure. I have a, an interesting, well, a great story actually. And I won't name any names specifically, but I think people could just figure out <laughs> more specific details if they want. But, um, so they are like, like I said before, they're, they're really good at, um, being on time usually. And it's almost weird. Like sometimes I'll kind of look at my phone and be like, holy crap, it's, you know, two minutes left and they're deep into some kind of, you know, something that's ending the set, right? It's always going to be something epic. So looking at my phone and they always somehow pull it off like on the minute. And I, I swear to God, it's just some sixth sense that they have. I think just probably from doing it at this point, I would guess over a thousand times somewhere along those lines, maybe, you know, they're pretty smart dudes too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the one that I've only really ran into And I've heard really, I've heard horror stories from other people, including Ryan of just, you know, no matter what, who it is or what it is, like venues actually like pulling the plug on bands because some cities have like really strict noise ordinance curfews. You know what I mean? Like in some cases, you, you have to definitely respect it. But in other cases, a lot of the times it's like these, these venues, they've been playing music for, you know, so long for decades and like. I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of the one thing the venue has. And, and it's super dependent for the uh, people who work there too. You know, they're only planning on working there for a certain amount of time. And if the band's going over 30 minutes, that's kind of for bartenders, for house staff. It gets all into that. But sure, the only time we've ever had a huge issue was pretty recently. I'll say it was this last summer tour we were doing an after show and that's all I'll give on the details. But this, it was an interesting situation because the after show was after, you know, a larger show in the area that also got pushed back because of weather. And 
you know, we were kind of running around trying to figure out what we should do with our set to make it work with the, the curfew. And since that show is going to be letting out later now. Um, so that's one of those things too, day show. You're always kind of little problem solving things where again, Murphy's law, something's going to happen and you're just going to have to work with it on the fly. So you have to expect it. And this time we were just like, yeah, we're just, we'll just start later. We'll make sure we're right on the dot. And I think these guys, you know, might've been two or three minutes over, but I think it was Kat and Ryan both got an earful from a few different people, like, like literally screaming at them, like these guys need to get off. We're about to like literally turn off the power. And all the while, like I'm standing side stage where I, you know, should be and where, you know, usually you can find the the tour manager there at the end of the show or during a show. Um, you know, they're trying to like get their attention, like, Hey, just so you know, you're, you know, you're going over, but that was really the only time that I guess we, and since I've been with them, that, that was actually like almost a thing. And that was a big show for us. One of the biggest shows of the summer. So it would have been certainly interesting if they just like, I think they did turn on the house lights at one point and uh, just kind of realized the situation like, Hey, this other band went way over what we thought they were going to go. And this show is, I mean, I think if most people listening can figure out which show it was, it was a great show. There. You were there. Yeah. I was there. It was awesome. It was yeah, an awesome I, show. So I don't think anybody was <laughs> like in any, uh, you know, was worried about it ending on time. I think it was just kind of, but that's, you know, it happens. And again, you have to respect it. We, we, we want to work out a respect with these people. And after I sure. think, I think Ryan and Kat got apologies just because, you know, it's ultimately it is my job to get, to get that earful. And I should have, and I, yeah. you know, just because I guess the guy couldn't find me. That's why I didn't. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, like I said, we just, we want to respect the venues. Obviously they do a ton of work and there's so many people that go into this. Um, but going back to the music side of things, like going over two or three minutes, it's really no, no big thing. And yeah. that's like making right. the end of the show that much better. That's what we're about. So, yeah. So what's your, your non-show days like? So my non-show days, um, still very day to day, um, with the band and I kind of have a unique position and opportunity where I get to work with our management super closely too. So for, for people that aren't aware, um, I'm just the tour manager for Aqueous and we have, uh, a manager on top of all this. And we also have a booking agency on top of all that too, or I guess with the manager, um, so they're kind of working together with the band and, you know, I'm, I'm not officially a part of that conversation a lot, but I, I guess just being kind of this, this member of the team, I, I definitely, I'm in on a lot of the conversations of like where, you know, tours are getting planned and all that. But so the manager and our booking agency um, are the ones who actually kind of book the tours and figure out routing and all that. And then, once something's actually locked down is where I'll come in and kind of set up all the the details. So like usually about a month to a couple weeks before a show, I'm uh, talking with whatever venue we're going to be playing. And we're talking about logistics. We're talking about scheduling. We're talking about, you know, it's, it's generally easier because we are bringing most all of our own gear. Um, and in the summer, festivals and some of the shows that we have to fly for, we'll have to rent gear or get backline. So 
that's a big thing for uh, Ryan and I to figure out as well. But usually we're just kind of letting them know what we have and letting them know, you know, kind of what we're expecting. And then they're kind of giving us the same thing. And um, we'll figure out kind of working with whatever the uh, support is going to be for that night on their schedule and getting them in and getting them comfortable too. And then um, just kind of staying in touch. It's I think the one thing I've learned uh, after all this is it's really important to be active with like staying in touch with your venues because there's so many moving parts to all of this that like one little thing can like really create a huge ripple effect for a whole show. So um, as I said before, Ryan and myself are are really big on trying to just cover everything as well as we can um, just to make sure, you know, we've, we've done all we can to, to make sure the show is going to go good. So that's a lot of the day-to-day before a tour or before like in the week's before shows or runs. And then on top of that, I'm still pretty involved with uh, the marketing side of the band. So I do a good amount of their social media, uh, working with our manager to get, you know, whatever tasks done on that end. I I do the newsletter still. Um, And then something that's a little bit, I guess, like I said, I've been with the band for almost four years and one of the newer things in the last, like in the second half of that, so the, the last two years, is me doing um, a lot of the work for merch and a lot of the ordering and the curating and the commissioning for um, either people we work with for merch or the prints that we do and um, even getting some of my own designs in the mix with Aqueous, which has been just a really cool opportunity because, like I said, graphic design and art just kind of always been an interest of mine. And it's a really cool way to just mix the two things and, and bring cool new ideas and and work with really like truly amazing artists that I'm, I'm really proud to uh, say that we've worked with and and done some really cool things with. So that's a big part of the day to day too. And then just kind of, like I said, just being um, there for whatever else as a tour manager, but also as like, you know, we're all, really good buddies and and local to Buffalo. Um, just just kind of doing whatever I need to, to uh, make sure the band is operating as best as it can and as smooth as possible. Sure. So I think you have kind of like an interesting insight, obviously. You're good friends with the guys. You're on the road mm-hmm. with them all the time. So I thought it'd be kind of cool if maybe you can give like a little inside info, maybe one thing about each band member, maybe something on Ryan and Kat that, uh, you know, us on the outside might find yeah. kind of cool. So if, if you got anything cool, that would be, I think this is a good place. To cool. Drop yeah. Some of that. I think, um, I guess I'll start on the crew side. Cause that's, I don't know. It's not, it's not, it's no easier, but that's, yeah, that's my, my, uh, my court here. So for Kat, I think a lot of people know this, but maybe not a lot of people know this. So Kat does a lot of like, like myself and Ryan, just kind of a Swiss army knife. And I think she is like the ultimate aqueous Swiss army knife in like the best way possible, just doing whatever she can. And like, I think I hear from her almost a few times a week, just like whatever I can do, please let me know. She's just one of those really amazing people who cares so much about this operation and it has really, really been a driving force of this operation for a few years. So I think that's the one thing for Kat is like, she she can hop in, you know, she's, she does merch. She does our street teaming. She's, she does a lot of the marketing with me. She does a lot of the merch ordering with me. She does 
all of our event planning and our VIP planning. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of the, the core, like, uh, aqueous fans, a lot, a lot of people know that, but for just maybe some people that, that don't know Kat or don't know the structure, she's a huge part of this. So ultimate Swiss army knife is what I'll say for Kat and really great, unique perspective to have with us and to have with our group. So we love Kat. so much a energy. energy. And, oh my God. Just <laughs> you, you guys know Kat is, Kat is amazing. Um, so yeah. I guess Ryan would okay. be next. He is, like I said, he's my mentor on the road for everything. And, and I think just for, for all of us, just with technical things with, like I said, he, the way he navigates the really crappy parts that come up of this whole thing, it's just, it's really honorable. Um, but I think what I'll say is I, I know a lot of people have told me this about Ryan and, and I can see it because I'm, very much the same way myself. He's a pretty quiet dude if you don't know him. And not many people get a chance to talk to him because he's probably the busiest guy during the show, before the show, or after the show. So I think the one thing that I feel like a lot of people probably don't know about Ryan is he's a hilarious dude. Like he, his jokes, and he has like all these, he'll know what I'm talking about. He has certain phrases for things and certain sayings for things that it's almost like this like old wisdom, like hilarious kind of he brings a really great vibe and i guess going off of that he's probably the best freestyle rapper in the band which has been a big thing for us the last few years you know having so much time on the road um the kid can like really spit some bars (laughs) (laughs) he also on your to kind of go along i will say he has an amazing Amazing. laugh too like he oh yeah yeah, that's one of those things like i think a lot of people probably don't get to see that but he is he's a goofy just yeah. big lovable dude and another one that we absolutely love so chill and chill yes. he's he a chill dude all of our the whole collective energy is so much calmer because of ryan and we all recognize that and it's yeah great dude just like okay so so there you go so let's all right so, so let's band, get to the I guess band I'll go, do you want to start with i'll go with evan first evan he's an amazing dancer okay. i don't know if that's that's probably evident just by the way he like grooves on stage right like you know just he's i think he's sure. always really feeling it but i love it we'll just come out of a gas station or a restaurant and all of a sudden evan's just pulling out whatever i love it because he's always on like the current like whatever's hot at the moment. And I don't know the names for these things. You know what I mean? But there's all these little dances that keep popping up. Like the floss, that kid can do it perfectly. Like effortlessly. Amazing. All right. And it's just, he. that's that's one of those awesome things. Evan's another kind of, a, a shyer kind of guy in terms of our larger collective group. But when you get him going and you get him kind of moving, he's, that kid can dance. So that's, <laughs> that, that's my thing for Evan. Um, Dave, Okay. Like he it. is Mr. Sports Guy. So, like, sometimes if we have a few days off, we'll play like mini golf or go bowling. Just kind of, if it's like the winter, just like mix it up, you know, play like anything in that realm, like sports, golfing, darts. You know, I was playing darts with Dave the other night at a bar and he just like crushed me, dude. Like, too good. His form with everything is too good. And I think. That's just the one thing I'll say about him. And that really, I, I love it because it shows 
with his personality and his music too. He's just a very precise guy. And I love that, but it's kind of aggravating to play sports against Dave. <laughs> There's there literally not, nothing Dave Loss can't do. I think the first sign, one of the first <laughs> signs ever that popped up with this whole Dave thing is uh, it was like Dave Loss is the perfect man. And that could not be more true. He's amazing. Yeah. And also got a shout out to Dave and Jackie right now because they're going to get married here in I think three or four days. So big congrats to them. Pretty awesome. They're uh, great people. But yeah, Dave, if you if you want to challenge Dave, that's that's the one thing I'll say is if somebody out there thinks, yeah, they can bring it, I, w- I would love to it. see it because he brings it every time. So <laughs> that's uh, Dave. So and then love it. I guess I'll do Rob right. next. Rob is, you know, everybody knows Rob's the foodie guy of the band. He's got some culinary background and he loves, like, he's the guy always getting kind of the exotic foods wherever we are on tour. But that's what everybody knows. I don't think many people know is Rob is low-key, like, Aqueous's fashion consultant. He is super on it with what's currently in and what, like, looks nice and what works together. And him and I have started to, like, work a little more even on some of our merch stuff and getting more involved in that. And it's really awesome because he's, I can, I think for everybody, I don't know if I could say this for Kat and Ryan cause they're, they do their thing so well and, and they own it. But I think for everybody else, Rob has like significantly increased our style. So shout out to him for always being there and telling us what's good and telling us what's like, you know, he's, if you, rock a mustache oh, like that you would better have your fashion down. absolutely and he rocks it so well <laughs> you'd better know what you're doing it's, it's amazing we go you know we're everywhere we're all across the country in any city and since he's had that mustache like i've seen it so many times just people like random people coming up just being like hey dude i just gotta say like that's amazing and it's it's awesome to see because he really rocks that thing well great stash yeah, he was born yes. to wear that stash. There's no doubt. Yes. So that's, yeah. So Rob's, he's he's our guy for, for all things, making us look good. And then Mike. So Mike, I think some people know this too, but I think if there was like a, ten, a detention for tour, like there is for school, Mike would be like our frequent flyer. So Mike likes to get in trouble. <laughs> he likes to, he loves to have fun. But in... A respectful way, but I think it's also really important to note that like his whole, the energy he brings like maybe after a show is like so important sometimes because we're all out here just working all day and, and we love what we do, but it's no matter what, it's physically and, and mentally draining and taxing. But to just kind of get goofy at the end of the night and just, you know, maybe maybe have a little tequila. I think a lot of people know water and tequila is... That's that's Mike right there, <laughs> but he mm-hmm. just brings such a great vibe like that. I think we need so much of the time just having fun, kind of getting your inner kid out, and like you know, everybody needs that every once in a while. So I think Mike is our, like I said, he's just kind of our guy bringing the overall energy up, and, and again, very apparent in his music and uh, his role with the band too. He's. He's definitely yes. a free spirit and uh, he is a funny so ass funny. dude. And yeah, I, I agree with you on all of that. Um, I mean, for me, when I, when I 
first got into Aqueous, I met all the guys and Mike was one of the first people I started talking to and we hit it off right away. Obviously that relationship is still how it is today. But it, and like you said, you know, coming in for me as a fan back then when they were young, just the fact that he yeah. would talk to me and he still, I, you know, after every show, you know, I can barely get in a word with him because he's making the rounds and having like you maybe have a drink with somebody. I had a friend go see them in Texas uh, and he bought Mike a drink and he said they had yeah. like the best time ever. So I agree with you. I think that is important and he's he's incredible at it. You're right. Definitely. He's always, like you said, just same for me in my early days, just always made time to to kind of be there and be present. I think that's the one thing um, that's very real about Mike and very like apparent when you, when you talk to him is he's just very present. He's, he's really into what you're saying and he's a very active person in conversation and it yep. makes you really comfortable. And it's like, again, like you said, super important connects with the fans so well and uh, likes to have fun with them too. That's what I love is like, he'll, he's not afraid to get the fans in the mix sometimes. So, sure. you know, it's, so let's it's, talk, if any, let's talk a little bit about kind of um, behind the scenes. Like, do you get requests from people to come backstage? I'm sure this is kind of your, you know, what, what goes on with that? You, you know, do you get some crazy ass people that like, Oh, I I know Mike or, you know, I need to come back there. Like, you know, how, how does that whole backstage dynamic work? Yeah. So what's funny is like Mike and I were just talking about this one story. There's like, there's never, I think people for the most part are pretty, respectful when it comes to like the backstage thing and 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 requesting or anything there, there's certainly a few a few times where like some somebody will come up and they're clearly a little too had a little too much fun that night and like hey i just want to say hey and it's like well you know we're we got some work to do and that's you know the absolute truth anyway a lot of the times when the show is done we just kind of have to get right to it but a funny story that mike and i were just talking about was I think it was this the color wheel tour uh, this this past year, and we were in Chicago with um, Andy Farrig from Umphreys. So Andy Farrig is the percussion player for Umphreys McGee, and he's he lives in Chicago. So we were really fortunate to have him come out and join the band for a set, which was like so cool to see him and Rob just really getting getting after it, and everybody just really creating a nice dynamic. Um, and I think it was after the show or might've been during set break. We're all like kind of up there. It might've been like right before the set. So it was set break. We're in the green room and kind of just all, all talking and just having, having a few laughs. And there was this girl up there who like, we, none of us knew, but she was just there. And I don't like, none of us know how she got there, but for the longest time during this whole conversation, it was probably a 20 minute kind of you're hanging out kind of thing. We're all kind of under the impression that this is like Andy's girlfriend or one of his friends from Chicago. Cause she's like, it's hilarious. She's like getting to the mix, like throwing jokes too, like, you know, making drinks and stuff, like eating our snacks. And we're just like, Oh, this is cool. Like Andy's girlfriend, I, I guess like that's, you know, he, he never introduced her, but that's just whatever she's here. And I think the band gets on stage and like, I don't know if I, if I had to confront her or not, but like she was going to go back into the green room and it was one of those things where it like locked automatically. And I was like, Oh, Hey, like, did you leave something in there? And she was just like, Oh no. Like, I was like, Hey, are you, so you're friends with Andy? 
And she was just like, oh, no, no, no. Just like, and she was kind of a little out of it too. But, you know, I, I come to find out that she didn't know any of us and she didn't know Andy. And then I like bring it to the band after and I'm like, did you, did you know this person? She's like, no, like she was just there. And we all, it was kind of this hilarious thing because it's not that it's that hard to get backstage or anything, but like it was just this hilarious moment of this person was really owning it. Like she had convinced all of us that she was supposed to be there. Nice. And it was, you know, of course, like Andy Farrig from Offrey's like, you know, you just want to make sure yeah, you're just rolling with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we, and especially for me, like I want to make sure he's comfortable and that we're providing a good atmosphere for him. So it's like after the whole thing, it's like, Oh my God, like this, <laughs> She just snuck right in, but one of those, one of those good ones. Otherwise, nice. you know, it's, it's pretty calm. I, I think we're, we're pretty good with, uh, with keeping the balance. Yeah. Is there any, uh, venues that you have really liked over the last couple of years since you've been on board? Any favorites? Yeah, I think, um, I, you know, what first one that comes to mind is Tom Ballroom here in Buffalo, the, both of the last two shows that we've played there are just incredibly special. And I think just for all of us, most of the people involved with the band, it's one of those places we, there's just everyone's seen shows there for years and years. So that's always a really special one to play. And then some of the ones in, in Colorado have been awesome. Like I, I think of the bluebird in uh, Denver, which we went out last summer. Beautiful, beautiful yeah, place. Yep. Beautiful. And just like really great crowd response and people showed up and we sold it out and it was, it was you know like in the middle of the summer, so it was a really great kind of surprise for us to to go in and and the band always kind of rises to the occasion on the, on those shows and then in the same way like the Fox Theater in Boulder was awesome this last winter, um, and then yeah some of the the venues we've played with like Umphreys and Mo are also very you know stick out. I know you were at that show at the our first show with Mo at the Palace, and uh, yes. that was super yep. cool. To I think. You know, to hear Aqueous's sound in like a theater like that was amazing. It was just, yeah, definitely. It sounded right, so that was a good sign. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, some sh- some venues with Humphreys that we played are just, you know, really notable and and memorable. And just, I guess, those two bands in general have been really great for um, just all of us as a band and getting to get like further on on the side of working with people like that, because even for me and I think the, the band for right now is definitely, um, very like well-versed in, you know, Mike's band with, with Ryan and Chris from Humphreys and sitting in with Mo and stuff, but it's still one of those surreal things to, to play with them and to like learn from those kind of operations. So it's always cool, no matter where we are with those guys to play with them and see how they operate and all these, like, like I said, just different size venues, different scenarios and, they make it work. So it's a cool learning experience. All right. So uh, yeah, I think that's all pretty good so far. I'm, we, we throw these things out on the acquaintances, Facebook uh, page to get some kind of questions from the fans. So let's talk, just uh, hit a couple of those before we finish up here. Sure. Um, so a couple of people kind of ask different things like what was your favorite deli <laughs> meat ice cream? So I'm just going to lump that all together and say, Sam, what are some of your favorite foods? So some of my favorite foods, I, and, and recently I've kind of learned this, um, especially being on the road and getting to try different things. Um, I really love Thai food. I, there's a few dishes like like red curry and green curry and 
really, I mean, you know, pad thai, any of that. That's just one of those things I was never really like exposed to growing up or like when I was younger and just getting to like try all these awesome things is, is great. And my favorite snack food is tortilla chips and like what, like hummus or salsa, guacamole, like that's my favorite snack food. Um, deli meats, I'm not really into, so I can't answer that one. <laughs> All right, bam yeah. see you later on yeah, the deli yeah, meets yeah. uh uh whoever asked that sorry about I, that i actually know who did there. sorry ryan <laughs> all right that cool one. uh so we talked about some venues but uh rachel schwartz uh she asked what was your favorite city that you've traveled to and why actually so interestingly enough Rachel's a great friend of the band and a great friend of mine and I think i, I kind of have to lump it all together but she was kind of a part of it um she had just been traveling out the last time or so it was the first time we were uh on the west coast and it was the last time we were kind of on a full tour with big something um but we had gone kind of from like berkeley california to la to san diego and i think she might have she i think she went to the la and san diego shows but really i think those were my favorite so far we didn't really get a ton of time to spend in la and uh san diego was like kind of kind of cloudy that day and not great weather but I had never been that far south in California, so it was really cool to to see that area and definitely somewhere I'm really excited to get back to. That was one of those shows we sold out with Big Something, like never had been there before. And it was a smaller venue, but it was really cool to go in and, and see people were so stoked. So really looking forward to hopefully getting some time off there too, maybe. So another person, uh, I hope I got this right, Lucia Castellani says she... He or she. Oh, it's Lucia. She's awesome. um, Oh, oh, Lucia. I'm sorry, Lucia. Uh, She just wanted to kind of say thanks for staying down to earth, which is um, my that's been my impression of you, Sam, since you come on board. You're definitely one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, And I think that um, that has been very in line with how Aqueous has been. So I thought that was always just a great fit that they've always been good people. And, you know, you're just another one to to come on board and you're just calm, nice. So um, I guess I'll kind of phrase this, like maybe I'll give you an opportunity to say something, you know? So what would you, you know, do you like people coming up to say, to talk to you? I mean, is that something, or you're usually too busy, but you know, if, if fans are out there, they see you on tour, what would you say? To them? Um, honestly, that is like probably one of my favorite, favorite things out of this whole experience is, being able to connect with people like that because I have to keep in mind and I always keep in mind that like I was just an extremely lucky fan that like got this opportunity to uh, to work with this band that I really cared about and I really like hope to, to see continue to grow and continue to do really great things. Um, but I think, you know, like I said, Lucia's a really awesome person and she's a great example of like somebody that I probably would never have known if she had just not come up to me and said like, Hey, I think like the first time it's just like, you are so great. And like, thank you for doing what you do. And like, that's, you know, we're, we're not out here for the thank yous, but that's absolutely like one of my favorite parts of being on the road is like being anywhere we could be in like Arkansas or Oregon, you know, Florida. And some person will come up to me and say like, Hey, like, I, I know you don't know me, but like, I know who you are and I know what you do. And like, I, I just want to say thank you. Like, I appreciate that. And that's really cool because like, again, that's, I, I'm just doing this to see 
how far this band can go and really and really see this music get places because I think a lot of people can see and, and can hear in Aqueous's music that there's something about it that's like that's really special and uh, just to be able to connect with all these people like all over the country that I would have never ever been able to meet and and kind of have these cool little friendships with is just really awesome and I think going back to what you initially said like you know I think I just try to to keep that in mind a lot of like we're all just people out here and everybody's has their thing and everybody's going through something and everybody's got you know a lot of tough things going on if we can all just like I think the one thing the cool thing about music about aqueous in general is it brings all these different people from like you know for the most part a, a general greater collective background but just all these different backgrounds like I said just people that um really just love the music and are there and in part of this community and that's really cool to be a part of and um like I said it's just really great to connect with the fans and like see how great that the band connects with the fans too because I think that's so important and they're so good at that too so I'll give you a tip for you people that uh, are listening to Aquas. If you haven't met any of the people we've talked to, Sam or the band, just go up and say hi. They're very, very approachable. They're very nice. I can tell you that Sam likes heady IPAs. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you want to make a nice impression, buy, buy Sam an IPA, <laughs> man. He's working his ass off. And uh, and he'll be your friend and he'll be cool with you. So, you know, I'm just going to sure. give you a little... Pro tip there. And most of the guys, so you got a little on Mike, you want to make a little nice crush with Mike, buy him a tequila. <laughs> you know, these things, these things happen. I mean, they're playing their ass off. They're traveling, you know, hours on a day and it's a tough grind for them. So, um, but you know, say hi, they're good people to talk to. And you know, it, it is, it's never going to be old. If you tell somebody that you love what they do yeah. and their music and all the things that they do it, that doesn't get old. Right, Sam. Right. And, um, you know, that's why we do it is to, to connect with people like that and to really, you know, we're just all out here just trying to, to find our way. And if, if we can kind of connect over music and connect, like, that's what I love is like you said, just, just say, Hey, and there's probably a thousand other things that we can talk about too. And, um, sure. it's really awesome. So I, I agree with that a lot. Cool. So I think that's about what I have. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you wanted to touch on, Sam, that we missed? Or I think so. There was one question you sent over, kind of mixed in with that the backstage thing. Um, okay, like your strangest, funniest story, and I have to like. Okay, I think this might already be on record on All In with Aqueous, but it, it, I think it is. But I think I need to clarify this story a little bit. So this is okay. Probably my funniest story I have from from the road so far is I indeed. Forgot Dave Loss at a gas station. <laughs> so I think, what, did you remember? I think Dave might have told this story. Like uh, Somebody told it recently. Yeah, I remember hearing this. Yeah. I thought it was on one of the episodes and maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But go ahead. So, yeah. So this is probably the goofiest thing that's happened to us, to me specifically thus far. So it was, um, I think it was the end of the Color Wheel Tour. It was like right before. Thanksgiving, we're all like, you know, it'd been weeks on the road or ready to get home. I think we were about two hours from Buffalo. So like close to Erie, Pennsylvania. And Ryan was driving the the shift, like the current shift. And we had pulled over at a gas station to get a gas and then to switch. So I was going to take 
the last leg, the two hours home to Buffalo. Like finally we're getting home. It's going to be awesome. And Ryan and I go in the gas station. I think I get a coffee. He got like a snack. We're at the the cash register about to, to pay to pay. And I, f- I forget what happened specifically, but I turned to say something to Ryan and my arm like totally smacked over like a candy display. It was like Reese's or something, just like all over the floor. And we're just like, oh, like it was that classic. Once again, like, you know, it's, just, it's always something. And we just kind of look at each other, kind of like had a laugh. And then we're like literally on our hands and knees picking up these Reese's. And it was like a lot of candy just kind of spread all over the place. And we're like fixing this display up. All the while, Dave must have entered this gas station and then just kind of like snuck by us, didn't say anything, didn't, you know, really acknowledge us, I guess, but went to the bathroom and then Ryan and I, you know, we're like, let's just get the hell out of here. I remember like specifically the look we gave each other, just kind of like a big sigh, like, all right, almost there. Let's go. Let's do this. So we get the get, we get gas, hop back in the van. Usually for the most part, we'll do everybody in kind of check, but this time, of course, was the time we didn't. And this time was the time that Dave left his phone in the van. So we took off and I'm driving down the 90, you know, I'm stoked. We're about to be home. It's like 7 a.m. The sun's rising and the end of this tour, it's awesome. And I see Mike, Mike's in the very back row and his head pops up and I see him in the mirror and he's giving me these like, you know, raccoon eyes, like, just like Sam. And I'm like, what? He's like, where's Dave? And I stopped the van. I'm literally on, I'm, I think about 90, like interstate 90. And I, my instinct was just like slam on the brakes, like, oh my God. <laughs> and I think I pulled over, we pulled over to the, you know, the side of the road. And I'm like, like I unbuckle my seatbelt. I'm like checking the row. I'm checking under the seat. If somehow Dave could just be under there. And like Mike, like is just holding up his phone. He's like, he doesn't have his phone. And we look at, I think we looked at Mike or Evan's phone and they had like four or five missed calls from Dave or from like some unknown number, which was the gas station. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go back. I think I like missed an exit too. So it took even longer. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, this is probably it. You know, like, of course, I'm not expecting Dave to be that mad, but Dave is just, He's the nicest, most wonderful dude. He was, you know, we, we pull up to the gas station and he's just chuckling about it. And he's, he's like such a good sport about it. And I think if it was anything else, anyone else, it might've been a little bit. Yeah. If there's, if there's a guy that you want to leave at a gas station, it's probably Dave. So that's my one kind of like ultimate. I still have nightmares about it. it. Not really, but you know, obviously sorry, Dave, but you know, I think we, that's all right. Look at the story you yeah, got. Yeah, we can laugh about it, it now. Should, yeah, I mean, if you could go back and do it. You should just leave Dave Loss all over the place and yeah. see what happens. And I will say, it was a sheets which Dave loves. So I think he was able to <laughs> get you know his iced coffee and his breakfast sandwich. So I don't think it was doing too bad. Was, but uh, was it all bad? But I'm over there sweating. Nice. So <laughs> that I was it. it. That was yeah. That was just the one kind of thing I definitely wanted no, to just, get on the record. Great, great story for sure. So, Sam, it's been uh, really good having you, man. Uh, you know, I personally appreciate all that you do. Um, you make it easy for me when I need to find out something for the band. And 
Uh, you've done a great job. Everybody speaks very highly of you in the band and everybody that I know that's met you and, you know, you're a great addition to the band. Thanks, Mike. I, I really appreciate that. And it's, you know, it's a huge honor to do what I do and to work for this band and to see where they've come from. And, you know, since I've been seeing them and the one thing I have to say is just like to Mike and Dave and Evan and Rob, I just want to thank them because they've given me this opportunity and it's really it's changed my life. So I, uh, owe a lot to them and it's it's really great to work with them and even better to be kind of a group and a family with them so love those guys wonderful uh well thanks sam and uh this will be the end of our conversation here with sam we'll probably have him on in the future and again if you see him on a road uh go up say hi to him all right sam thanks a lot for coming thanks mike appreciate it Hey there, this is Mike Ganser of Aqueous, letting you know All In with Aqueous is part of the Osiris Network. Osiris connects you with podcasts, videos, and live experiences about the artists and topics you love. Visit OsirisPod.com to check out our shows. Osiris works in partnership with Jambase, which connects music fans with the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Check them out at Jambase.com.